Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Walking Wisely and Worthily podcast, brought to you by May Grace Proceed, a nonprofit organization and teaching ministry that aims to be thoughtful and delightful in Christ. You can find out more about us by visiting www.maygp.org. My name is Chico Colley, and I'm the founder and lead teacher here at um, May Grace Proceed. For those who um, would have been following this podcast, you would notice that we've started a little differently than we usually would, and that's because this episode is a special edition. By the grace of God, uh, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary, and I'm looking forward to bringing you many more years of quality content. So today, we'll be talking a little bit about proverbs, perspectives, and purpose by meditating on the question, what is the guiding proverb? A proverb is a short saying, an adage, one that aims to state a general truth or a piece of advice. There are many kinds of proverbs, Egyptian proverbs, Chinese proverbs, African proverbs, Jamaican, one one cocoa full basket, Bayesian, fishman never say that eat fish stink, and Bahamian, hog nowhere to rub his skin, and so forth. They tend to draw from the diligent awareness of insightful persons as they observe their societies and experience life. Most proverbial sayings have, that have stood the test of time have at least some degree of truth to them. Nevertheless, we should be able to recognize that not all proverbial sayings are equally valid and equally important. Some are more useful and profound than others. With that consideration, we are in search of what I call a guiding proverb. A proverb that shapes not only how reality is to be perceived, but helps us to appropriately value other proverbial sayings. Biblical proverbs cover a wide array of topics from daily life. Friendship, parroting, social relations, work life, the meaning of life, and so on. I've known persons, both Christian and non-Christian, who value several of the recorded sayings. Unfortunately, many of those persons miss the contextual statements, the ones that shape how all of the other biblical proverbs should be understood. Proverbs 9.10 states, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Most Christians are aware of its parallel in Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Knowledge exists not only to be cognitively um, ascertained, but also to be skillfully applied or to be exercised wisely. Also bear in mind that in biblical terminology, wisdom isn't what's expedient, that is only considered what is practical or convenient. It's also intimately concerned with what is ethical. It doesn't just look at what works best for me, but also what should I do and what should I not do and what is my moral obligation. And so taken together, 
these verses serve to introduce the overarching theme of the book of Proverbs to simultaneously distinguish a wise, righteous life from a foolish, unrighteous life and to promote true wisdom and discourage false wisdom. In essence, for the contemporary audience, it seeks to address what is the right perspective and accompanying behavior. A glass half full is factually half empty. But if you've ever advocated against pessimism or encouraged someone to have an optimistic view on life, then in practice, you've acknowledged that not all perspectives are appropriate or worth embracing. A truly wise person has a sense of cosmic purpose, seeking to do what she should do while avoiding what she shouldn't do. The truly wise person values his body, controls his temper, and knows when not to speak. The truly wise person understands that true beauty is found in one's character. The truly wise person realizes that he can deceive himself and exercises humility. The truly wise person values honest, hard work, thinks carefully, and practices discretion, and is a responsible, involved parent. The truly wise woman is caring, courageous, just, and forgiving. But above all, the book of Proverbs emphatically asserts that the truly wise person fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I imagine that this aspect of a virtuous person's life is sometimes underemphasized in Christian communities because it's poorly understood. So I would like to make a few points about it. Number one, although it sounds counterintuitive, the fear of the Lord isn't primarily about living a life afraid of God. This is exactly the point Moses makes in Exodus 20:20. Nevertheless, number two, the fear of the Lord entails a continual awareness of the absolute reality of God. You are not the final arbiter or judge of your existence. The life that you now live is loaned to you and there will be an ultimate final assessment of what you've done with it. Every way of mine is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Proverbs 21 2. There's a sovereign God who stands distinct as creator who defines objective morality and whose plans cannot be averted. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 16, 9 and 19, 21. Thirdly, the fear of the Lord isn't some archaic Old Testament concept. It's a lively New Testament practice, as can be seen in Acts 9:31. 2 Corinthians 7.1, Colossians 3.22, and 1 Peter 2.17. Finally, the fear of the Lord is a joyous quality of Christ himself, as noted in Isaiah 11.1-3. So what exactly is the fear of the Lord? With the help of Jerry Bridges, I define it as a disposition of the soul, whereby trust, obedience, and worship joyfully arise out of of a reverential awe of the person and works of God. By reverential awe, I mean a potent mixture of respect, 
admiration and amazement for God. I imagine that a rampaging tornado on an erupting volcano viewed from a safe distance is quite an awesome sight to behold. But if that force was to be directed in all its fury towards you, it would surely elicit a sense of dread. Hebrews 12:28b to 29 says, "Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire." The essence of wisdom is truly righteous living done daily in respectful awareness and joyful admiration of God. The old school Christians would say that it's learning to see life the way God sees it. Wisdom is about learning to embrace God's perspective. With that said, let's be encouraged together. Ponder on the awesomeness of God's greatness and goodness, best expressed in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Pray diligently for as our intimacy with our God grows, so does our knowledge of what is true. Finally, practice meditating and applying his word bit by bit to all areas of your life. That's our small step for the week. May grace proceed. Mm-hmm.